25-yard line. You're joining us here for week 11 of the NFL season, week 11 of the fantasy football season. I'm your host, Steve Johnson, here for some fantastic fantasy football conversation with my good friend, Grant Freeman. Grant, how are you doing? Dude, I'm good. I just got to get a win this week, and I will have officially clinched at least one playoff spot. Nice. That's fantastic. That's a, this is the fun time of year. You know, I'm, I'm in a couple leagues right in the mix. Yep. Looking to clinch in the next couple, couple weeks. This is, this is a weird season for me. This is the craziest season. As we'll get into a little bit later, I'm like at or around 500 in every league except two, one of which I've won two games. One, I've only lost one. Uh, It's just, otherwise I'm like right around 500 in every league and, and in it. I would well, have loved a larger lead at this point, but I don't have one yet. Well, and that's what's crazy about this season in general is, like, I think you have, like, one or two teams that are clear, like, favorites. You have four to six teams that are clear, like, middle of the road, just barely above 500 or at 500. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, one or two teams that are, like, awful. But like that's that's every terrible man. It's every league. I went all in on all these players. I was wrong on. Like every every league that I'm in is is the same breakdown. Like there's no clear, like Mm. like gradual look of of the uh, of the rankings and standings. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, coming up today on the show, uh, Grant and I are here to apologize to our listeners. We're sorry. We have been. We've been looking back over this fantasy football season, and there are some calls that we know that we got way wrong. There, there are some way calls wrong. that we got very right, but that's not what this episode is about. So we're here to apologize and to, to cop to our bad calls and to remind ourselves that we once thought a certain way that now seems very <laughs> foolish lo- looking at the currently current fantasy football yeah. landscape. So we're going to get to that in just a moment. But before we get there, there is so much news this week. It's a big news week. We're going to try so many injuries. We're going to try to jam all this in there. But this is this is insane. We're going to leave some out. And it's not because we we think that it's less important. Uh, All right. It might be that we think it's less important, but we're we're just going to get everything we can. This is a lot of news. So let's just jump into it. The first one. This this runs kind of contrary to what we were talking about on the last episode, <laughs> and that is that we have officially reached the end of the Mike White experiment. It, uh, yeah, it was great for a game. Uh, if you just, a game in like in like a drive. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but Mike White fell back down to earth, and he looked like what you expect from a Jets quarterback. But but worse. Yeah, like what right. you expect from a Jets quarterback if that quarterback has not played very like, much football. Like even we're we're recording this on Friday night. This like his his experience was even worse than the fact that the Falcons had three quarterbacks throw for interceptions in the Thursday night game this week. Twenty four of forty four for fifty four, a fifty four and a half percent completion percentage. 251 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. If you started him, he got your team a whole 2.04 fantasy points. Yeah. Well, not that great. Take back everything we said in the previous episode. Zach Wilson is the unquestioned starter going forward. <laughs> there, That is 
it's either Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco because like, that's Joe Flacco starting this it. week. But again, this is where we tell you just avoid every quarterback on the Jets. Never start a Jets quarterback unless unless some drastic things change in the organization. Right. Well, let's move on to a major injury this week. Robert Woods done for the year with a practice injury. Talk us through the Robert Woods situation. Oh, and it's so disappointing because, like, it was an injury. He fell on the field. He got up. He finished practice. He did his, like, post-practice interviews. And then, like, an hour later felt discomfort and went and got it checked out and found out that he had a torn ACL. Like, torn. He... He didn't even realize that he had a torn ACL mm-hmm. until he felt some discomfort. And what's so disappointing is that Robert Woods was putting together a very a very healthy fantasy season, um, mm-hmm. being that secondary guy to Cooper Cup. Like obviously Cooper Cup has been lights out, but Robert Woods was still being a solid top twenty. Was being, ex- was being exactly what you wanted him to be a top twenty wide receiver, getting you points on a weekly basis. And Only one single digit game this season. From Robert and it's Woods. and it's super disappointing to get this news. What I want to see though is an is an investigation by the FBI into the whereabouts of uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s father, mm. uh, because mm-hmm. it just just happens to be the same week that Odell Beckham makes his appearance in the Rams lineup that Robert Woods just tears his ACL. Wasn't it the same day? Didn't he Little? show up? He was signed yeah. Thursday. Didn't he show up to the facility Friday? Yeah. And yep. all of a sudden, Robert Woods has a torn ACL. It's uh, real suspicious yeah. there. Uh huh. I'd like to. I'd like to see the notes from that investigation because I do not feel good about this. Nope. Uh, speaking of Odell Beckham Jr., we won't spend a lot of time on this, but it just as someone who is not an Odell Beckham Jr. fan, because I think that you should perform better if you're going to start blaming everyone right. else in in your life for your stats. Yeah. Uh, he he looked so bad in his Rams debut. So this, bad. You from the outset, his first the first target to him stopped on his route early, which led to an interception. He just he is not in sync with Matthew Stafford, and he had been on the team for three days at that point. So you got to think it's going to get better than that. He's yeah. going to learn the plays, but he 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 was not on the field when they were yeah. going up tempo when they were running no huddle. He just doesn't know the playbook well enough yet. Hopefully, he spent some time with it this week for his sake, but. Uh, it just, it just, you know, yeah. it was fun to watch him force his way out of a playoff contender, demand his way onto another playoff contender, which should not have worked. And yeah, then right. To see him just not perform. Oh, that's great. Good fun. Should have been going to like the Jags. So obviously, Robert Woods is done for the year. In Dynasty, you're hanging on to him because he's yep. he's he, oh is he is he 29? I'm gonna pull up his age right now. I think he's 20, 28 or 29. He is 29, 29 years old. He, he could come back and yeah. be just as, as efficient next year as he was this year. We'll obviously watch surgery. There's a little bit later in the year. Recoveries like this sometimes work their way into the, the start of the following season. So watch him very closely between now and the start of next season. Dynasty, you're hanging on to him. Obviously droppable in all redraft leagues. Yep. This is good. I mean, I don't know that I don't know that good for Cooper Cup. He's just so good that I don't know if the rest of the world influences that, but obviously there's a lot of targets in this offense. 
Van Jefferson becomes super interesting here. Yep. He also had some pretty key mistakes in the Rams game last week against the Niners, but but he was also he was also one of the guys that Stafford was actually looking for in some of those key mm-hmm. instances when Cooper yep. Cup was double teamed. I will be interested to see if OBJ learns the offense a little bit better if he yeah. starts to creep in and that it, it, it does end up being him that gets the bump as opposed to Van Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. He just Van Jefferson had some bad drops. Yeah. He did not he just didn't look very good. There were some balls that he should have come down with that he just he didn't. And yep. I don't think you like to see that as a quarterback. Nope. All right, let's move on. Uh, Chris Carson, this is a big one. Season-ending surgery. He's been dealing with a lingering injury for uh, quite a while now and weeks, and he's officially done for the year. Talk me through the Seahawks running back situation. Yeah, so if you're Chris Carson, their owner, you were holding out, hoping. Uh, It's really disappointing. I actually traded for him in a league, which is really disappointing for me. Um but, I mean, this is what we, we, we were warning you about when the injury initially happened, that he, this, it's a neck injury. The Seahawks were going to be super cautious with it. They weren't going to be very quick to have him back. And even when he, they designated him to return, even Pete Carroll was like, I don't, was still very unsure about him coming off of, of the, uh, of the, of the injured list. So as for the Seahawks, I guess really the next guy up is really Alex Collins, probably until Rashad Penny comes back. Um, I know that like in this last week, Travis Homer was on the field for more snaps than Collins, but they were, that was mainly in pass blocking situations Mm -hmm. as they tried to protect Russell Wilson. I think Alan, Alex Collins is, is the better runner of the two at the moment. But again, at least in terms of an every down type play. Yeah. Um, but again, you rolling with Alex Collins until um, Rashad Penny comes back is kind of how I'm viewing this up, this backfield. Yeah, and even then, I think it just gets muddier. I don't know that Rashad yeah. Penny comes back and it's his job. Alex Collins, even with a healthy Rashad Penny, should see a lot of play. So, yeah. well, We'll see what happens, but it's definitely a bummer. I, I, I've got Chris Carson in one league, and I handcuffed him with Rashad Penny at the at the start of the season, and wasn't able to get Alex Collins when when Penny went down. So it, you know, done for the year. Good news, as opposed to uh, what we just had, is that Kyler Murray should be returning yeah. to action this week. Walk us through that situation with the Cardinals quarterback. Yeah, when when the injury initially happened, they were looking at a one to three week timetable for his healing. Um, so you're right at the end of that three week timetable. Obviously, last week you were hoping that they would see good signs, but I think the Cardinals maybe made the right move in holding him out just one more week just to make sure that that ankle was good to go. Um, obviously, you really like it against that Seattle defense. Um, mm. The Seattle defense has been okay. They've played yeah, some so teams. Genuinely some surprising. Teams. They they rank 11th against opposing quarterbacks in terms yeah. of fantasy points. But I still think that a, a healthy Kyler Murray is just so hard to stop. Absolutely. And the Cardinals got rocked without him. Yeah. 
Uh, after with after the exception, the, with the the exception of the McCoy one show. game against my Niners. Right. After the Colt McCoy show that, uh, that, that they lit him up, they just got. I, I remember turning on the uh, – I had a few different games on this past weekend, and I, I flipped over to the uh, the Carolina-Arizona game. Oh, no. Had to – uh, I had to think for a minute that they've got to have these scores backwards. There's no way this is <laughs> no way. This is really the score. I, I still, I still believe with Kyler Murray back that the Cardinals are, are the team to beat in the NFC. And we'll see that hopefully again this week with Kyler Murray. If you have him and he plays, you're starting him. Yep. Don't, don't try to play that. Don't. Well, maybe he won't run as much. Maybe, maybe he's Kyler Murray. Unless you're in a league where you somehow manage to get Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson or better, you are starting him, which is a foolish draft strategy anyway. So if yeah. you if that's the situation you're in, you you need to you need to start him. All right, we've got a long list of players that are out this week. So we're gonna jump through this very quickly. And Grant, I just need you to give me give me your cliff notes on on how you're handling this situation, what you're looking at. Alvin Kamara out. Um, give me Mark Ingram. I mean, mm-hmm. he showed last week that he could be the guy in that offense, even against a good Tennessee Titans run defense. Um, he's still put up, I think, 18, 19 points. So 20.8. Yeah. So give me Mark Ingram. Like, this is why I think the Saints went out and got him for a situation mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got the running talent to be an RB1 for you. Worth noting, he he became last week the Saints' all-time leading rusher. Yep. Which was, was fun probably for him. It was fun for Saints fans everywhere to see, even with Alvin Kamara out, that there's, there's someone on the field that feels and, like a Saint, you know? Yeah. Feels like a Saints player. A lot of times these teams go out and pick up running backs midseason, and it's hard on the fan bases because it's some dude that you either have never heard of or really has no ties to your team <laughs> showing right. up and taking over for your your established franchise running back. But yep. for Saints fans to to lose Alvin Kamara and get back Mark Ingram was just had to be fun to watch. And they've got Philly this week. Philly has not been good against the run. No, twenty fifth. Only uh, only against. two only two times have they given up have they prevented running backs. Uh, from scoring over 20 points yeah it's this it's running back season start Mark Ingram in every league that you can possibly start him in DeAndre Hopkins Cardinals wide receiver also missing time this week I mean this is just more stock for Christian Kirk Um, Mm -hmm. give me Christian Kirk he's the clear I mean sure if AJ Green is healthy this week like he I guess becomes wide receiver one but I still think that Kirk is ahead of Green. Uh, and I don't know that. I don't know that he is. I I think Kirk is is the wide receiver one here. I don't think I don't think AJ Green is is even close to the wide receiver one in Arizona. I think I think the Cardinals still have Green as wide receiver two on their depth chart. But I think you and I are both all Christian Kirk, who is should be the wide receiver one. Four targets versus eight targets with Hopkins out. Yep. We both know that when it comes to wide receivers, they they list wide they list wide receivers weird. Yeah, they're they're a lot of it has to do with who's playing in the slot. A lot of it has to do with who's yeah. you know playing. Christian Kirk is the is the wide receiver two in Arizona 
in turn in any category yeah. Yeah. outside of fake lists of receivers on the internet. <laughs> Christian um, Kirk is the wide receiver two in Arizona. Yeah, so Christian Kirk, huge bump again. Um, and then I guess Rondale Moore is has another opportunity to show what he can do. And I think Zach Ertz becomes an interesting flex play for just his red zone targets, um, since you're not going to have that um, that top receiver in Hopkins in, in the game. Since week five, do you know what Rondell Moore has done with his opportunities to show that he's he's – Whatever, however you phrased it please please don't please don't do this to me because i have him and i keep trying to like hope that he's actually gonna do something no deandre hopkins last week two receptions for 10 yards rondell moore is not in your starting lineup not in your starting lineup i would start aj green over rondell moore and i wouldn't start aj green over most people in fantasy football <laughs> the uh, I, don't get me going i'm still mad about the play a couple weeks ago with him Amari Cooper, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, also ruled out this week. Amari Cooper not only ruled out for this week, ruled out for two games um, because he tested positive for COVID and he is unvaccinated. So that is a automatic 10 days. 10 he is days, out, no matter what. Which minimum Cowboys 10 play days. On, the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. So that will not, that will be just a little before that 10 days is up. As Mm -hmm. for the wide receivers, obviously C.D. Lamb becomes clear wide receiver one. The next guy up. You mean stays clear wide receiver one. Stays clear wide receiver one. Uh, One of the next guys up that will be interested to see what he does, Michael Gallup, first week back Mm -hmm. from the injury, got you uh, six or seven points, which was like – which was like, which is what you wanted to see. You wanted to see him start to kind of get back into that groove um, Mm -hmm. with Dak. Um, and so this will be a really good opportunity to see what he can do as probably a wide, res- potentially wide receiver two this week uh, for the Cowboys and on Thanksgiving. Yeah, he's got that upside a hundred percent. He got five targets in his first game back after missing yep. a lot of time. He's got a history with Dak Prescott. Michael Gallup's a player that I've always loved. I don't. I'm intrigued to see what this. How many fantasy relevant players can this Dallas offense support? You've already got CeeDee Lamb. You've already got Amari Cooper. You've already got Zeke. Dalton Schultz has been solid this year. Can can they add one more? Or does Dalton Schultz maybe drop off as Michael Gallup comes on? These are a lot of questions yeah. that I have. Gallup, to me, is worth picking up in every league. I know you and I were in trade talks this week, and yeah. I, 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 I have so many questions that I'm not willing to give up much to get him. But if yeah. I have him, I'm willing to hang on to him unless mm-hmm. someone's offering me crazy stuff. Like if someone if someone's offering me Christian Cook for him, I, Christian Kirk, I, I would take that deal. Oh, but yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to watch. He he definitely definitely has the potential for yeah. some awesome fantasy relevance. All right, let's head over to the West Coast. Elijah Mitchell missing time. Yep, broke a finger. Um, on the Monday night game, had a pin put in it. The Niners were initially optimistic that he was going to be playing this week, but after today's practice, um, designated him to be out this week. Obviously, next guy up, Jeff Wilson, um, is the clear next guy up in this situation. Um, I, especially against a, a weak Jacksonville run defense, um, and the Niners like to run, so you're going to see a huge opportunity for Jeff Wilson this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What becomes interesting is 
Will we see anything with Trey Sermon? We will not. Uh, the only the only possibility that Trey Sermon has a good week, like it, it could definitely happen, only because I I finally dropped him in a bunch of leagues, including yeah. dynasty leagues. I I just I just dropped him in one dynasty league because I just have given up on the Trey yeah. Sermon show. I that too in a couple of leagues. So there's a chance that he just puts up like 50 points. Worth noting, Elijah Mitchell is officially listed as doubtful. Hasn't officially been ruled out yet, but he... Uh, but he's, both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch basically yes. said no. <laughs> yes, he's he's out. So this I'm, ju- I'm only saying this not to contradict you, but just to clarify anybody True. looking at their app seeing doubtful going, oh, wait a minute, maybe he does play. He's he's not gonna play. All, um, all news is pointing towards him not playing, regardless of his official designation. All right, finally, one more running back missing time this week, and that is Packers running back Aaron Jones not missing only this week, but some extended time. Talk yep. to me about the Green Bay Packers backfield. Um. Well, this is why we tell you to handcuff your running backs with their backups obviously aj Dillon becomes the next guy up and with what he was able to do on sunday when jones went down with the injury i think if you have aj Dillon, you are comfortable starting him for the next two to three weeks as long as jones is out yeah i i'm i'm in so they, on so actually Dillon. let me rephrase i don't that. like it i think you're comfortable I think you're comfortable with him starting him the next two weeks because they got Minnesota this week, they got the Rams in week 12, and then they got the bye in week 13. So if you I can would get not through, start him in week 13. I mean, well, strongly recommend least. it. I, I mean, mean, you can if, unless you've already clinched your playoff spot and just want to be a tool shed. That's cool too, <laughs> which I support, by the way. Um, but yeah, like then they've got the bye in week 13. So if you can at least. If he can get you two good weeks, then you're you're really happy with that. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, some some players returning this week. Well, I guess a player returning this week. Nick Chubb should be back in the lineup for the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Kevin Stefanski basically came out today and said that Chubb was good to go for Sunday, coming off of the COVID list uh, for the Browns. Obviously, to Ernest Johnson takes a hit here, um, but a large hit. Yep. to irrelevance yes um but still nick chubb is exactly who you want him to be and exactly why you drafted him and he gets the terrible detroit lions this week yep so nick chubb who most recently ran for 137 yards on 14 carries yeah you are so. stoked if if chubb's coming back and starting him if you don't have if you are a Ernest johnson owner without nick chubb you are not starting him you're not stoked which there's a lot of those out there because a lot of people didn't handcuff nick chubb with Ernest johnson because kareem hunt was the backup yep and that all changed very quickly all right a couple couple uncertainties to keep your eyes on at the tight end position Rob Gronkowski and Dallas Goddard looking to be game time decisions. Rob Gronkowski, it seems like all of the 
all the early week they've got the Monday night game, so the the early week practices that the um, Buccaneers had were walkthroughs, lighter practice. They'll need to see what he does tomorrow in like full full um, full speed practice before they know um, whether or not he um, he's gonna play. As for Dallas Goddard, it looks like he is um, on track to clear the concussion protocol um, here uh, by tomorrow. The Eagles are hopeful for. Um, And if you're a Dallas Goddard owner, you're excited for this because he also just got a major contract extension, which you were hoping that maybe that pushes him to uh, be a solid performer this week. Yeah, I mean, it might. He is... One of many tight ends who is relevant with a touchdown and irrelevant. I mean, he's been fine this year, you know. He's been boomer yeah. bust like any other tight end. So are you are you starting Gronk? Are you gonna are you gonna hold out and see? Everything is trending towards him playing. Are you risking it with him? Because I mean, he's against, the Monday night game. Against the Giants, I would. I mean, Giants are, like, fine against the tight end. Not a lot. I mean, they're exactly middle of the road. 16th against tight ends. It's... I mean, if, you, if you've got a guy, if you've got a guy like Dawson Knox or Ty Conklin, I would say start those guys. Mm-hmm. But if, like, your next best option is, like, Evan Ingram or somebody else who, like, has been super super touchdown dependent then i say like roll with gronk all right i'm fine with that just be be prepared like plan on a backup plan on a backup Uh, a monday night backup which is not always i mean it's not always easy to do so just prepare i mean if you have evan ingram i guess i guess i would pick (laughs) up evan ingram here they're playing the giants so if you have gronk pick up evan ingram so you can at least start a, a warm body as opposed to as opposed to Gronk. I mean, here's here's what I would say. If you are a guy with Gronkowski and you are nervous about him, Pat Fryermuth is available in about is available about 44% of leagues. Like he's a guy that I think is a would be a fine sh- like streaming option for you this week against the Chargers and they've got the Sunday night game. So if you're worried about whether about Gronkowski's injury designation and if he's going to get cleared, I would go grab Fryermuth and then you have mm-hmm. an opportunity because you should have a pretty good idea of Gronk. The, the Buccaneers will probably have a pretty good idea of Gronkowski's health status by Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Fryermuth has been solid over the past few weeks. So I'm, you know, I think I'm good starting him. All right, last thing to touch on before moving into the rest of the show, Broncos and Rams, both on by this week. So uh, I mean, just in the Rams alone, yeah. some key, key players missing. Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, Daryl Henderson. Dude. Um, OBJ, if you're one of those weird people that still believes OBJ can be relevant. Um, as for the Broncos, obviously Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon have been a serviceable 
duo tandem running back. Um, and then obviously Noah Fant, and then the wide receivers, um, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, all mm-hmm. out this week. Yep. Yep. A lot of this is one of the weeks that we we kind of warned you about a handful of weeks ago, and there's like, not there's a only lot of two teams. teams but there's there only are... two teams on buy, but there's a lot of fantasy players yeah, from those a lot two teams. Of, a lot of guys just between those two teams. All right, let's move on to our standout player of the week. This is where Grant and I will each highlight a player from the previous week's action that lit up the gridiron and went off and won lots of teams. Their league stood out against the competition. For week 10 of the NFL, my standout player was Patrick Mahomes, quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs. This was the... Mahomes, I'm still really good at football game after how he's played this season. 35 of 50 for 406 yards, five touchdowns. What's crazy here is he got 36.24 fantasy points with zero rushing attempts or rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. Nothing on the ground. This is all through the air, almost 40 fantasy points through the air. I mean, there's Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's any more analysis we need. What we do need, Grant, is your standout player of the week. This is the man that we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for him to have a game like this all season. Give me Stephon Diggs. Eight catches on 13 targets, 162 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, this is this is what we've, we, we wanted to see from Stephon Diggs all season, mm-hmm. and we finally got it. Um, really, the Bills as a whole – we're just so on it. The offense was rolling. The defense was rolling. I mean, it's against the Jets, but still, like, this is this is what you're hoping is what will turn his season around and get kind of jumpstart that the the playoff push uh, for him. If you're a Stephon Diggs owner, um, obviously you don't like Indy this week, but they've got a pretty good they've got a pretty good um, playoff schedule coming up that I really like Stefan Diggs if he can keep up this this uh this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked last week about or last week or the week before about how statistically he's been fine this year. He just hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. And a lot of people drafted him to be their number one, number two, the the number one, the number two wide receiver in fantasy. Obviously their their wide receiver one stud and the touchdowns just haven't been there to where he's been good. He's absolutely been startable every week but he just hasn't been lighting it up like like he was last season and this week he did and if this continues i mean he's the number 12 wide receiver in fantasy could be making a late season push here to uh to move back into the wide receiver one territory where he belongs yep all right well we've arrived at our main topic of the show you know, we we can just skip past this, Grant. Right? No, we don't need. No, to. we need to. We need to take accountability for the awful calls that we made this season. All the players that we thought we were going to be terrible have been really good, and all the players that we thought were going to be really good who have been terrible. We need yep. to. We need to. We need to accept that we made mistakes and rectify them. Yeah, yeah. I need to accept that my perfect 
my perfect foresight for the season was swayed by your ideas and, <laughs> and and I messed up. All right, well, here we go. Here we go. We are we're going to highlight, we're going to start right here with three players. And uh this is not an attempt to justify these decisions. <laughs> this is uh this is, you know, we may get into some of our reasoning a little bit here, but not too much. We're going to stop each other if we get into uh, into the area yep. of justification because we we just we just missed it on these guys. So first and yep. foremost, we're going to talk about the players we both missed and then we'll get into some of our individual ones that we specifically were very wrong on as yep. as individual people because Grant and I do disagree on players from time to time. Not often yeah. enough, but from time to time. All right, player number one. I feel like I should give you the honors here. Yeah. Uh, well, player number one we have to apologize for is Jamar Chase. Um, we were real scared in the preseason that he wasn't able to catch any footballs in the preseason. And uh, so scared, in fact, that I uh, drafted Devonta Smith over him in a dynasty league. Yeah, and you um, never bring that up either. No, I never bring it up, but it's like, it's almost my like penance for, for having, having made that decision that I have to bring it up to recognize Mm -hmm. just how poor of a decision that it was. Yeah. But he's like wide receiver number five, only one game under 10 points. This one Mm -hmm. game under 12 points this season. Like he's been, this is, this is who, what we thought was going to happen. And this is what we were hoping was going to happen. And he's turned into Joe Burrow's favorite target like he was at Clemson. So, or LSU, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Players that I had above Jamar Chase this season, Allen Robinson, uh, Julio Jones. I had had Kenny Galladay ahead of Jamar Chase this year. (laughs) I had Michael Thomas two slots ahead of Jamar Chase. Going into the uh, going into the season, yeah. so obviously, if you ignored us and drafted Jamar Chase, then you want to know sorry. the rookies that I had ahead of Jamar Chase. I do want to know the rookies you had ahead of him. Uh, obviously, Najee Harris, but then uh, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith. I'm comfortable with Kyle Pitts being ahead of him in Dynasty. I think it's yeah. wrong now in hindsight. I had him uh, ahead of him too. But I'm I'm okay with that, you yeah. know. I'm comfortable. The but other as, two, I'm but not. as for the two the wide receivers, two, not. <laughs> not. All right, these next two players are uh, are players that I was beating the drum for all off season, and uh, and Grant was with me on it. And these are two players that I also had ahead of Jamar Chase. First yep. and foremost is me. I drafted this player to be my wide receiver two in several leagues. And I did as I, well. Yep. Chase Claypool, number 47 receiver. Yeah. Wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has had four double digit games, only two of those 11 points or more. He's also had one game of less than four points. The Okay, so here's here's my here's my Chase Claypool thing. I expected the Steelers offense to be able to move the ball vertically and right. They have not been able to do that. And that was just a complete miss on my part. All, he's their, all he's their season, vertical threat. Yeah. All season, the Steelers have run two plays when it comes to passing 
a four yard out that's short of the first down or a like slot pay play to Deontay Johnson that goes for like 20 yards. Yeah, those have been great for me. But what has not been great for me are the misses to Claypool when they do attempt to throw it deep. And just just overall, it, it's just not – this is not what I expected the Steelers' offense to look like this year. This is not what I expected out of Chase Claypool. So, nope. from the bottom of my heart, I apologize for Chase Claypool. We apologize for we our collective apologize. Chase Claypool miss. All right, should we say this last one on the count of three, Grant? <sighs> yeah. One, two, three. Brandon Ayuk. Like, I was, he was the guy that I, as a Niners fan, was really excited for. Thought he could be a solid wide receiver, too. Be that other option guy outside of Debo Samuel and give Debo Samuel the opportunity, like, to be the, like, deep threat touchdown guy while IU got all of the, like, short up the middle slot stuff to get you a bunch of catches with a bunch of yards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Currently, wide receiver number seventy-one, averaging six point one points, and it is just—he—he's it, he, had more games with one point than he's had games than the over fifteen. He's had games over fifteen. Yeah, it's—it's it's been bad. So here's here's what here's what makes me so mad about Brandon Ayuk. Was do you know? There's nothing more infuriating than being almost right. You know, there's Mm -hmm. like just being way off. Like Chase Claypool, I was just way off. Like I, I was wrong on the Steelers' offense. I was wrong on Big Ben. I was there is zero things correct in my analysis of Chase Claypool, other than he's a deep threat receiver. And yep, I mean that's just common knowledge at this point. So what I anticipated out of the Forty Niners' offense is I expected, due to the nature of how well they've run the ball and the way that defenses have had to play George Kittle because of his talent, I anticipated that they would have one wide receiver that would be able to just make athletic plays and be a wide receiver one based on a lot of yards after the catch, based on a lot of blown coverages where they're able to punish defenses for playing the run and playing George Kittle. And you know what's happened? Exactly that, <laughs> except it's Debo Samuel, not Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. <laughs> and Debo Samuel didn't make it onto my list of apologies only because I kept this opinion a little bit more to myself. I mentioned it places, but I was not beating the anti-Debo Samuel drum. Yeah. But internally, I just thought there's not enough in this offense for two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Yeah. And Ayuk, I had him at wide receiver 20 going into the year. And I, I thought his upside yeah. was was as a wide receiver one. And I was correct about the offense and so wrong about the name of the player that benefited. Yeah. Yep, uh, pretty much. For all of you who drafted Brandon Ayuk, and I live with one of those people who drafted Brandon yeah. Ayuk based on me, like literally over dinner with my wife, bringing up how good Brandon Ayuk is going to be this year. And what's, uh, she, what's also what's also hilarious is that my uh, my trade to get Mike Davis is now a wash because Mike yeah. Davis is awful and, and my Ayuk's trading terrible. away of Brandon Ayuk does not and, look as bad as it did. Yeah, there's there's just been there's just been nothing here. Uh, all right. Well, Grant, 
Let's uh let's let's trade off on this. We can take turns on all our apologies. Grant, start us off. Apologize to me for this call that I love that you were very wrong about. <laughs> well, uh, I need to apologize uh, for C.D. Lamb. Uh, I believe that he was going to be uh, number my. I had him ranked as my twenty-first best wide Ooh. receiver. Can you list some 40. guys you had ahead of him? Uh, Deontay Johnson, Robert Woods. That's fine. That's fine. Chris no, Godwin. give me some real. Give me some real uh, ones you had ahead of him. I had Julio Jones at fourteen. Thank you. There we go. I had Keenan Allen at nine. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Uh, Adam Thielen at thirteen. Uh huh. Um. And uh, Terry McLaurin at at fifteen. I mean, a lot of those guys were fine. They're not overseeing. Uh, DJ, DJ Moore sixteen. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We're getting into it. But uh, yeah. Um, CD Lamb. I guess must have been one of our listeners and uh, took offense to that. And he mm-hmm. has been uh, wide receiver number eight and averaging s- almost 18 points a game. Currently, yes. only three games without double digits and only two, three games under 20 points. And three he's been under 20 his points. quarterback for a lot of those games. Yep. His best game of the season did not come from Dak Prescott. What a what a what a rock star! You know who drafted a lot of CD Lamb this year? Yours truly. You, you know actually, who I did? Surprisingly enough, I drafted a lot of CD Lamb. You were too. heat drafting CD Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know who that, who I did not draft a lot of? I own him in exactly one league, and I remember when I drafted him, feeling really bad about it. I need to apologize to our listeners for. For being really, really, really anti Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. This still feels so weird when I say it. The number six wide receiver in fantasy. He has had three single-digit games all season. He has had three games with 20 or more points this season, five games of 19 or more points this season i apologize six games of 19 or more points this season he he's just been so good this year this is what we expected him to be last year and he wasn't this so to me i just figured you know it's a run first offense they're not going to be throwing the ball enough to have a single fantasy relevant wide receiver plus they just drafted rashad bateman who i am very high on now that he's back and healthy and looking good but it, it's just this. This isn't the offense. Once again, I just completely missed an offense. This is not what I. I didn't think they would throw the ball well enough. Yep. And he has just been lighting it up this season. Oh yeah. Well, and I think the like the Ravens' offense as a whole, we didn't think was going to be very friendly for the wide receivers. No, because they 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 were just going to run the ball. They run the ball last season. That was their thing. They ran the ball so well that they just rarely needed to throw it. So there just wasn't a lot of value. And when they did throw it, it went to Mark Andrews. Yep. They, they've now got two relevant pass catchers and it's fun to watch. So uh, if you did not draft Marquise Brown, because you didn't know he was a player, because I literally never talked about him, then, <laughs> uh, then I'm sorry. I apologize. All right, Grant. I like this next one of yours. Why don't you, uh, why don't you, Make us feel all, all, all better 
for uh, those yeah. of us that may have listened to you here. I uh, I want to apologize for uh, Miles Gaskin. I uh, I thought that the Dolphins were going to be a much better team as a whole this year um, than they turned out to be. But uh, most especially, I thought that with Tua under the helm, that the run game would actually get going. And uh, it did not. Miles Gaskin, I uh, had as my 12th overall running back at Oof. the uh, start of the season. Um, and he, I mean, he's still top 20, which I put in quotation marks because he's really exactly because 20 of because of two games uh, mm-hmm. more than anything. But even against the bad defenses, he's been terrible. Even against the good defenses, he's been terrible. And like you've been starting him, you probably have been starting him because everybody, not much myself, was super high on him, and it has not worked out for all of us who thought that Miles Gaskin was going to be better than he was. You know, you want to it... know, know some guys who I had behind Miles Gaskin? Mm-hmm. Hit me, uh, Joe Mixon, Oof. Najee Harris, uh, James Robinson. And uh, David Montgomery. I had David Montgomery down at 21. Went 21st best running back. Yep, which is obviously with the time missed, he's down there, but not in terms of points per game. Oh, man. Uh, Well, you know, this. I do remember having a discussion coming out of the draft where the Dolphins just didn't do anything to get more running backs, so we figured, wow, they must, you know. They must and, really like you know, Miles Gaskin. Fortunately, I hedged a little bit on him. I have no Miles Gaskin this year. I, I had him at 20, and just by chance he's at 20, but he doesn't feel like he's yeah. at 20. It it doesn't and, feel like a like a good top 20. Yeah, it's not. Um all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you feel better on that one by giving you a a player that was a bigger miss than than maybe even Miles Gaskin, and that was Julio <laughs> Jones. Oh yeah. I had Julio Jones at fi- Where did you have him? I had him as my 14th overall wide receiver. Oh, yes, you went one higher than me. <laughs> I had him at 15. I had him at 15 going into the season. I I just I just, you know, thought he'd be better. He's currently right. at 73. He's had one <laughs> double digit game this season. He's he's missed almost as much time as he's played. This has just not been Julio Jones' season in Tennessee the way that I anticipated it would be. And he is another player that I drafted quite a bit of. I drafted him in the Vampire League as well, so I'm <laughs> stuck with him. He's just he's just there. He's there, and now he's on IR, so it's not like I can even throw him in my IR slot or yeah. drop him and pick someone else up. I just have to look at his name on my roster. And like what what's like crazy too is like we thought that Julio Jones going to a better team and a playoff contender would be a better Julio Jones. And mm-hmm. it hasn't it mm-hmm. hasn't been that way. And even the no. Titans the Titans pass offense as a whole has been awful. Like AJ Brown, who I think was a consensus top twenty, potential top, top twenty 10. wide receiver, top ten wide receiver at the beginning of this season, is thirty. Like thirtieth overall right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, just not a lot in the passing game here, which is disappointing. All right, Grant, round out the apology tour. Uh, yeah, I need to round out um, with a guy who, at one point in time, I really liked a lot, and maybe my uh, 
maybe this is why I uh, ranked him so low because I've been hurt by him so many times. Uh, but it's Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the top ten quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. QB one, Kirk Cousins. Top ten quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I had him as my seventeenth uh, best uh, quarterback this season. Um, some guys you I had. Know where I had him. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. <laughs> well, you want to know some guys behind that I had Bridgewater? Him. <laughs> um, I did not have him behind Bridgewater, but I did have him behind guys like uh, Matt Ryan, uh, Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, ooh! See, those yeah. were mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. This is the Kirk Cousins that I think a lot of us have wanted him to be, like a solidly top 10 to 15 quarterback who can be super consistent and get you anywhere from, like, 18 to 25 points. And he's done that this year. And it's been great. If you were one of those people that were like, I'm going to wait till I can get Kirk Cousins later in the draft, Mm -hmm. and then I'm just going to run with him. He's been great for you. Yeah, I, I made a deal in a dynasty league this week. It, obviously, there were a lot of other pieces involved, but I, I was losing Jalen Hurts in a deal, and I went, you know what? I need some quarterback value back this year. Give me Kirk Cousins. And I feel, I feel okay with it for this season. I don't love it long-term in dynasty. I also got DeAndre Swift in that deal, which is what, what the real kicker was for me. But I'm comfortable rolling with Kirk Cousins as my second quarterback yep. in, a, in a Superflex league this year. I'll, I'm digging it. He's been fine. Yeah, did not anticipate that. Did not anticipate it. It's funny because every year the Vikings receiver, every year he's been in Minnesota, the Vikings receivers have been really good, and he has just miraculously not been right in terms of fantasy relevance. And this year he has been. All right, my last, my last player on my apology tour is the one on this list that I was maybe most vocally opposed to. And that's right. Daryl Henderson Jr. He has not been lights out this year, but he is the number 12 running back in fantasy. Yeah. And I, I've i just seen every season in the past when he's had an opportunity to be a starting running back, he has not impressed. I had him at running back 22 behind the likes of Mike Davis, behind the likes of Miles Sanders. And it's just, he's been better than that. Yep. He's been better. He is averaging 15.5 points a game, which if he's your running back too, you're perfectly happy with. Yep. If he, he's he's better than you drafted him to be if you drafted Daryl Henderson Jr. Yeah. Well, we hope you will accept our apology. From the bottom we, of our heart. We bottom of our hearts. We are very sorry. And we're going to follow that with uh, with a little bit of advice that hopefully yeah. uh, you can still take our word for some of these. You can still listen to us. and uh, which, which I need to I need to call you out for your advice last week. <laughs> giving a uh, giving out Russell Gage as a Sunday superstar pick. Oh, um, the minute you did that, I knew that I probably should have uh, uh, him. sat him in a league uh-huh. or two. Because uh, that zero points was zero. Uh, not helpful. Three not targets, helpful. zero points against Dallas. Man, yeah, I started him a couple leagues. Lost those. <laughs> lost those games <laughs> <laughs> by by a wide margin. Well, speaking of Sunday superstars, it's time for Sunday superstars. 
It's the part of the show where Grant and I will highlight a player from this upcoming week's action. We expect to go above and beyond their projections for the week. Grant, give me your Sunday superstar for week 11 of the NFL season. Give me my man T. Higgins, um, mm-hmm. wide receiver for mm-hmm. the Bengals. Um, they're playing in Las Vegas this week, so you really like the dome. Um, the other thing, too, is that the Raiders have been good against like top the top uh, receivers on some of these teams. And so I think that you are probably going to see a lot of double teams on Jamar Chase which I think leaves a big opportunity for T Higgins to have a good game, big game this week. Yeah, I like this pick. It's almost like a contrarian play a little bit because the Raiders allowing not a lot of fantasy points. They're ranked sixth against receivers this season in terms of fantasy points allowed. Higgins has, he's just been weird this season because he's not had the high upside, but his floor has been so high. Literally the last three weeks yeah. he played because they had a bye week last week, 13.2, 13.7, he's, 13.8. Yep. He's getting right in the low teens every week this season outside of week six at Detroit. He got 7.4 points. Missed a little bit of time, but he he's just been consistently okay, which has been good enough for wide receiver 43, yep. which just is lower than you drafted him to be. But I like this week as a potential breakout for T Higgins. Yep. Well, speaking of breakouts, a Baltimore wave Ravens wide receiver, not named Hollywood Brown has been breaking out ever since joining the fold <laughs> late. That is Rashad Bateman. And I love him this week yeah. playing against my Chicago bears who really, we really only have one good defensive back this year. And that's <laughs> Jalen Johnson. And he is going to be doing everything he can to try to slow down Hollywood Brown. And Rashad Bateman, I just have this this sad sneaking suspicion <laughs> that he is going to find every one of the many, many, many gaps in the Chicago Bears yeah. secondary. And I I've got I managed to pick him up off the waiver wire in a lot of leagues the second they announced he was designated to return from IR. And I'm I'm starting him this week in every league I possibly can. Yeah. I uh I I know of uh he's you know he's he's owned by other owners in a lot of uh in a lot of dynasty leagues. I am probably gonna be trying to get him. So if you're in one of my dynasty leagues, stop listening at this part. Rashad Bateman's <laughs> gonna be terrible this week. You should trade him away to the first offer that comes in. But yeah, give me all the Rashad Bateman you possibly can this week at Chicago. All right, well that's what we have for you today. What an episode. Thanks for swinging by the 25-yard line. We're sorry for the bad calls this year. We hope there's been a lot of good ones, too. We uh, we hope that you've you've won a lot of the leagues. We're closing in here. We've got, yeah. including this week, four remaining weeks until fantasy football playoffs start. So start clinching those spots. Start start making bold plays if you have to. Yeah. If you're if you're in a position where you need to win out, it is not the time to play it safe. It nope. is time to, to just go out, make some last-minute trades. Got to do it. Trade deadlines should be coming up in your leagues if they have not already passed. Next week, we'll be coming back with a trade deadline episode, looking at some targets for you to potentially uh, potentially go after. So yep. be on the lookout for that. And we're, we're there. We're at the end of the year. 
Thanks for swinging by the 25-yard line. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the 25-yard line. You can shoot us an email at 25yardline at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, thoughts that you have. And have a great week. Clinch your playoff spots. Oh,